0: it's officially draft season and on today's version of mock draft monday we are doing a full three round chargers mock draft including who our favorite options are right now at pick 21
1: you are locked on chargers your daily podcast on the los angeles chargers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David And We've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons together, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team, Every day, thank you guys for making us your first listen today. And as always, to make sure you never miss the show, make sure you're subscribing or following for free on YouTube and listening wherever you get your podcast from. It's Mock Draft Monday, and today we're doing our first three round mock draft of the season using the Draft Networks Mock Draft Simulator. We got a couple of really. Good combinations. Two totally separate three-round mocks from us going with totally different players than each other. Some guys we have brought up before, including who our favorite guys are at pick 21 right now. We've talked about a lot of guys, but we haven't really put our flag on any hill. We're going to change that a little bit today. And also feeling big needs, tight end, edge rusher, speed, wide receiver. We both found a way at different parts of the draft to find that. But Let's get started with the first one, David, the most important pick for the Chargers, the 21st overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. I wanted to do a mock draft today, but I also wanted to go with one of our favorites, right? Who do you love at 21? Who would you be thrilled
1: with at 21 right now? Who did you end up going with? Just the idea of getting Justin Herbert a young, exciting playmaker was just too, too intoxicating on my mind to really pick any other position or any other type of player other than an offensive player. And that's why it's very easy for me to say that my favorite pick at 21 is Dalton Kincaid tight end out of Utah. Just a playmaker. Just a guy that just absolutely messes with defenses with his abilities. And so it's just, you know, looking at all of the guys that were available, he was the one that was always at the forefront of my mind.
0: And easy to see how he fits, even though you have Gerald Everett and Donna Parham back in the mix, right? Trey McKitty, total question mark at this yeah. point. But I think in a perfect world, you want someone who's going to be more well-rounded than someone like Gerald Everett or Donna Parham. But with this guy, you're getting the most elite receiving option in this draft. You're getting the yeah. dude who, like we talked about with Popper, right? has the closest likelihood to being that kind of X-factor weapon for you on offense, like a Travis Kelsey is for them, right? Like a Dallas Goddard is for the Eagles and so on and so forth, right? He has that sort of receiving ability, catches it with his hands, great red zone target, makes contested catches, has great route running ability for a tight end. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it makes a lot of
1: sense. I mean, hey, I, I was a Charger fan when Antonio Gates was absolutely lighting defenses up where you just had no answer for what him and Phillip Rivers were able to do on a football field. And I want to have that magic reincarnated with Dalton Kincaid and our young superstar, Justin Herbert. I mean, this the first note is he's a just a game changer. I mean, just a guy that is such a dynamic offensive weapon, a very smooth route runner, a guy that gets open with his ability to you know, run routes, very crisp, very clean, strong hands in traffic, which is huge. It's very, very important. He does not shy away from those contested catch situations. He stays strong. He plucks the ball out of the air, um, and he just has deceptive ability to get yards after catch. He's a yak monster. He breaks tackles. He has some wiggle for you know, which is great for a, a bigger man in, in the yeah. open space. Like he's just a such a a great playmaker, and also. I like what he does as a lead blocker as well. I feel like uh, as a run blocker, looking for a guy that's a little bit more of a complete tight end. I'm not going to say that he's a complete tight end because he's much more of a receiving sure. threat than he is a blocking he tries threat. Very hard. But he does have that want to, right? Yeah. He definitely has that want to when he is blocking. And I think that's something that you can cultivate and you can advance in his game, which will be great because he's already such a fantastic receiving threat.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at like him compared to like Michael Mayer or someone like that, Like I feel like Michael Mayer has a higher floor as far as I could see him being good. But I have an easier yeah. time seeing Dalton Kincaid being great, right, and yes. being considered one of the better receiving options in the league. It's hard to take tight ends in round one. He seems like sure. one of those guys— could break the mold right obviously some injury concerns he played through a lot of stuff in 2022 i think he is one of those guys where you have to consider it in round one and you'd be happy with that you know weapon for justin herbert and since you really only have you know gerald ever in the mix for just this season donna parham to your deal you don't have the future of that position in the building right now he's a pretty good shot at it he's my favorite tight end in this draft if he had to take one at 21 that's who i'd go with but that's not who i went with for who my favorite guy is at this point i think for me The most clean player that I've watched so far, even though it's not the biggest need, just like tight end isn't the biggest need, right? But you're hoping for more depth, and you're also hoping that you get kind of a game-changing player there. And that's why I ended up going with Nolan Smith, an edge rusher from Georgia. He made it to me in the mock draft simulator from the draft network. They have him ranked a little lower. He has had his stock totally skyrocket. But as far as why I would go here, like I talked about many times before, I think edge rusher is going to be a starting position for you at some point this season, whether that's a three-game stretch, whether that's a 10-game stretch. Like, I think that is going to be such a a big-time position for the Chargers, whoever that next guy is after Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. And with this pick in Nolan Smith, you're getting an absolute freak, who I think really the only knock is just the 12-and-a-half career sacks had this last season shortened by a pec injury. But, like, dude, 4.39. Weighed 239 pounds, but also is one of the best run defenders at edge rusher. The best run defending edge rusher I've watched so far in any of the rounds is Nolan Smith at 239 pounds. That's how ridiculous this dude is. That's how well he uses his long arms and his athleticism. And I think, hey, does the pass rush have to come a ways? Sure. Do you have two guys in Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa you'd want him learning under? Yes, because if he hits the ceiling on this specific frame, this body this type of athlete like look out and that's why right now he's my favorite at pick 21 as far as i think the
1: cleanest prospect even if it's not the biggest need hey i really like nolan smith too and i can really see why you want to make that pick i mean he's a really smart player he's a really strong like wrap-up form tackler he's tenacious when he sets the edge he's very physically strong for his size he really understands and is able to get off blocks i mean He's a great player. I mean, he's a guy that would instantly improve the Chargers' run defense and give you a guy that has some burst, has some wiggle, has some slipperiness on the edge. I would absolutely love that pick, too. I completely understand it, and it would make the Chargers' defense better as soon as he steps in the building.
0: Yeah, and every week we're going to continue to watch, you know, more guys. We'll start watching some corners as well. Cause, hey, with Brandon Staley, you know, it could be an option in the first round. There could be some talented guys that drop to them. Maybe they think that's the best available. From the guys I've watched right now, none of the first round corners. I like Nolan Smith so much that even if it's not the biggest need, I just think he's going to be a really, really solid player. He's small, but he's great. Like, all the things you would be worried about because of his size, I've had answered by watching him, right? Like, just watch him meet a couple of pulling guards in the hole. Watch him be able to shed blockers to go make tackles on the perimeter in the running game. Watch him against read option quarterbacks and RPOs and things like that and watch how well he reacts to all that stuff, right? Like, that's an important part of today's game. It's a different game in the NFL. Edge rushers are getting smaller. His size doesn't scare me because I think he has a lot of other elite tools that I'd be absolutely enamored with if they took it at 21. I love that pick. But now, you know, I do want help for the offense. I do need help from Justin Herbert, or for Justin Herbert, and I really, really want some more speed, explosive playmaking ability. You got some of that with Dalton Kincaid. But now we both found somebody in the second round that can stretch the field, something we both wanted to go into this show doing. You ended up getting someone everyone's very familiar with you, or familiar with, fell to you in the second round, a couple of speed receivers to talk about and where they fit into this Chargers offense coming up. Right after this, but I do need to tell you guys first that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up right now, guys. Especially if you have a team that plays in your, you know, hometown that's making a deep run right now. I'm sure you can get excited about it. But there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's right, right now, guys. FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. That's winning. Even when you lose, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. So make sure you guys don't miss out on this opportunity and take a little bit more craziness to an already crazy tournament and breath a no sweat first bet up to 1000 dollars Make sure to get that deal, guys, when you join FanDuel today at Locked On or FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, when we talked about round one, we each got one of kind of the big three positions we want to find in this draft early on, especially with where this draft is kind of heavy at, right, which in wide receiver in round one, hard to say. You know, a lot of those guys are kind of iffy. They're kind of tweeners as far as where you would want to take them, but a lot of skilled players, and we ended up getting a tight end and an edge rusher. Both of us were still looking at wide receivers, and both of us came away with a wide receiver in the second round, David. Who did you end up getting for the Chargers at pick 54?
1: Yes. So obviously speed wide receiver is something that was very important on my priority list. I had to get it in the first three rounds. Uh, it was just where I was going to find the most value. And for me at the, in the second round, this was very, very lucky. And, and Hey, Using the mock draft simulator that we used, he was available, so I definitely was running up to the podium to take him, and that is Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. Jalen Hyatt is a spark plug. I mean, just an absolute dynamo, a guy that really has that ability that is sorely lacking and missing from the Chargers offense, and that's the ability to create with the ball in his hands he has that stop and start quickness that is just not present and he's a guy that really i needed to bring in to add that element to the chargers offense that i and so many others see that is clearly missing
0: he's an interesting prospect right because i mean i could definitely see how in the eyes of some he could be a one-trick pony that's what you're hoping for if you think he's going to go all the way you know to the mid second round, which I don't yeah. necessarily think that it's going to happen right later in the second round. There's some, t- a lot of people think he might be a late first round guy, but you never know. You know, I mean, it seems like there are definitely some receivers in this class that have kind of leapfrogged him. He ran a 4 four wouldn't scare me because I saw the dude score four touchdowns versus Alabama. So yeah. the speed works. The speed is real. The game speed is absolutely there. Obviously, there's some, you know, flaws in this game, but it's easy to see how he fits, David, because just like the guy I'm going to talk about, right, fits really well with what you already have with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You have those guys on giant contracts. Now you bring in a compliment, a guy who can really probably, you know, you feel like could really get the most out of Justin Herbert's arm and help the rest of the guys out underneath.
1: Yes, definitely. A guy that can just absolutely fly. I mean, yeah, he ran the 441, but I think when you put the the game game tape on, you see the the real speed, the the actionable speed on on the football when, field. And
0: 441 is much faster than the guys the Chargers have right now, which That is, is
1: definitely true. I mean, yeah. he does a fantastic job of tracking the ball in the air. He gets separation effortlessly. He has a really good double move. He gets easy yards on those quick passes. You know, those screen passes that the Chargers like to play do and they get one or two yards and they get smacked. Yeah, this guy dominates on those type of plays. He he has the ability to stop and start and get those yards after catch. Um, and that's what's missing. I mean, that's what you need to add to this offense. I uh, It just, it's really fun to watch him play because of the type of playmaker that he is and the Chargers need that. They need that with Justin Herbert on a cost-controlled contract. He is going to add a ton of value and make this Chargers offense way more unpredictable, which is going to make them much more dynamic.
0: He also fits kind of their th- uh, their height threshold a little yeah. bit more, right? It seems like they need, you know, six-foot-plus kind of with their receivers, and he is a little bit taller than a lot of the burners that you see in this draft, including the guy that I came away with. I don't see him as that kind of yak threat. I mean, his yak numbers were good. I think I see him more as a runway guy. And I think there's, you know, for me, there's different guys. There's the stop and start guys Mm -hmm. and there's the runway guys. Zay Flowers is a stop and start guy. And he can, you know, stop at any part of the field, get up to acceleration quickly. Right. Jalen Hyatt's more of a, he has to build up to that speed a little bit to get to when that's also why he's so dangerous, though, when he gets to the third level, because he's kind of hitting another gear and is able to separate. And I mean, Probably the best ball tracker I think in this draft that I've watched, as far as being able to track those balls over the shoulder, deep yep. down the field. You know, not going to be a hugely impactful blocker. A lot well. of things. He's not going to be. Not didn't face a ton of press, and they helped him out a ton. You know, at Tennessee and had yeah. him running the routes he ran best, which was yep. go deep. Right there wasn't a lot of you know flavor or you know a lot of twists in that route tree at all. But if you're getting him in the second round, yeah, you'd be absolutely ecstatic with that. I've come around on a guy that I like a lot. I almost used him last week, but I ended up going Zay Flowers in the first round. I'm going with Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. A little bit smaller, 5'10", 183 pounds. Scares me, but it scares me a lot less, you know, late in the second round than it does at pick 21, right, to take a chance on a guy like this. But fills the speed need on offense, Four three eight forty time, 9.37 Aria score. Had some pretty good agility scores. Very, very good explosiveness scores for sure. And another guy that not only fits, you know, well with Mike Williams and Keenan now, and also brings some special teams ability. David, thirty-three career punt returns. So we went different ways around it. This is probably a more realistic second-round guy out of the two of them. But both trying to fill the same need. This guy just has a little bit smaller profile.
1: Yeah, a little bit smaller profile, but a guy that has that dog in him, right? I mean, he is—he's more of a, of a very physical type of player he plays a lot bigger than his actual frame is you're right about that which um, I think is a credit to him I mean, because there are players that play bigger than they are and there are players that play smaller than they are but yeah. I have to give him credit for that and that definitely adds to his game I would love that I mean I feel like he has the attitude that's kind of missing from, from that uh, wide receiver room that still adds that element of speed that you desperately need yeah, and, like, I think, you know, to me, he had really, really good
0: yak numbers. I think a lot of that's, you know, slants and, and getting him a runway. I do think that he would bring more as far as, hey, if you need somebody to run horizontally and run away from people, he's going to bring more to that than DeAndre Carter did, right? Yeah. For the guys you have been running that with in years past. So, I think in that aspect, yeah, you could hand it off to him. You could also use him as a punt returner, 33 career punt returns, like I said. That would be a you nice thing. that. Yeah, and the Chargers love their wide receivers playing special teams, right? Yeah. But a lot like Jalen Hyatt in some ways, really good at stacking DBs, tracks the ball really well. But you're when you talked about, like, <laughs> playing bigger than his size, the dude made some of the most ridiculous catches I've ever seen. The catch he had against Texas Tech on the sideline, I mean, was just insane. Reaching around a dude, catching it behind the dude's back. Like, I probably saw, like, six or seven just A1 elite catches. circus catches. catches. Yeah, yeah, like the dude... I mean, really, really has great body control, really good spatial awareness, knowing where he's out on the field. I also don't think this dude is a, you know, an elite yak guy as far as just stop and start ability, but he has enough speed to be able to beat people to the edge, which is important. I mean, the only big thing, I mean, small, slight frame, small catch radius, even though you wouldn't know it because he attacks the football so well. But, I mean, I think, David, second round, you mean you can fill that need here, right? And you get a wide receiver and... Dalton Kincaid in the first round, two big weapons for Justin Herber, and I'm able to come away with, okay, I did go edge, not the biggest need in the first round, at least to some people, right? And But I was able to come back and get that explosive wide receiver. So now we're feeling pretty good about two rounds.
1: Absolutely. I think it's, this is just part of the plan. This is uh, how I, I see the plan unfolding, at least part of it. You know, the first three rounds, I, I think we want to come away with attacking certain positions. Attacking tight end is definitely one of them. Speed wide receiver, that has been one of them for the last couple of years, not just this year. And edge is a huge need. I mean, just because you don't know exactly what versions of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack you are going to get. And you hope that you get the healthy uh, A1, just game wrecking type of versions to get them on the field and playing together. But you have to plan for the contingency. You gotta plan for if these guys get injured. So getting an edge guy in these first three rounds is just smart business. You need to have contingency plans for that. And then getting weapons for Justin Herbert, that has to happen as well. You have the opportunity to do it. You need to attack it and attack it early.
0: And we were able to, David, in both of our drafts today, something we wanted to do last week. I took Jack Campbell in the second round, not the biggest need, not the one of the big three. You ended up going Brian Branch, who I love. At picks at 21 in the first round, but not in that tight end wide receiver edge. You're not getting those all on, you know, days one and two of the draft. We were both able to do it on this one. I ended up coming away with a a tight end prospect I like a lot. And you found that edge rusher, even though you didn't go that direction in round one. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. All right, we've talked about some speed receivers. We talked about some electric tight ends and edge rushers, and we have more to get into in round three in segment three of this show today because, David, we have found a couple of pieces, and we have to kind of bring it all together in the first three rounds of our mock draft, 3.0, 4.0, wherever we're at at this point. Who did you end up going with in the third round, David? We haven't talked much about third-round prospects. Who did you consider? Who did you end up going with?
1: Yeah. So in the third round, after uh, successfully being able to address wide receiver and tight end with my first two picks, I was going for the position that you went with first, and that is getting some edge support. And so of the guys that were available in the third round, Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame was the uh, best pick for me um, with the option. And, And I feel like, you know, this is a proven player who has proven production. He has nine and a half sacks excuse me, 10 sacks in each of the last two seasons in college football. Premium production, back-to-back, has very long arms, uses them to great effectiveness, and that's what I wanted. I wanted a guy that you can come in, rely on, has some traits that you want to be able to work with, and has proven production. That's what I was looking for in the third round at the edge position.
0: Yeah, and you feel like you could have some decent upside there, right? Nine five nine RAS score, has the yep. long arms that the Chargers covet in their edge mm-hmm. rushers, and we know that's important to them. Yep. Had some really good reps against the run as well. Going to North Carolina game, back-to-back goal line stops was pretty impressive yeah. there. I think inconsistency, right? Like a lot sure. of tall guys, sure. he's 6'5". The pad right. level is inconsistent. Ended up yep. on the ground a little more than you want to in some games, obviously. Sure. You're getting a third round pick, though, right? You'd be yeah. thrilled. This is who Daniel Popper took in his second round. So, for you to be able to come in the third round, pick 85 for the Chargers, that's incredible value there. And we all know Tom Telesco loves drafting Notre Dame players, the Drew Tranquils, yeah. the Jerry Tilleries, the Alohi Gilmans of the world. So, the wouldn't K-O's. be a surprise yeah. at all. And I mean, just, yeah, another guy where, hey, you didn't attack it early, but you get a third round pick. And can the guy get a little craftier? Can he work a little bit on his hand usage and things like that? Absolutely. Go watch Joey Bosa, right? But also a guy that you feel like at least physically, you know, wouldn't be totally out of place if he had to get on the field as a rookie.
1: Right, exactly. He's got that size, six foot five, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. A guy that can, you know, actually physically set the edge, does a really good job of that as well. I feel like that was part of the assets in his game. Willing Shows... to meet
0: a blocker in the hole too, right? I yes. mean, yeah, you watch him go meet a pulling guard. That always tells you what you want to know a lot of times around edge rushers. He right. tried to go through them, which is nice. It's nice to see willingness to do that for sure. Yeah,
1: he, he's got the weight though. He, he's got the weight that you look for w- with a guy that's attacking on the outside. You know, more so a guy that's shaded over the tackle. And if you look at his reps, he, he did you know ninety plus percent of his reps were against the the, the tackles there. Um, also, a guy that showed some special teams value blocking a punt on special teams as well. So, is a guy that obviously brings you some good. Uh, safe production and, you know, just a insurance policy uh, for the guys that you have at the edge position, a guy that if he does get thrust into the fire, you feel at least can give you some quality reps and not be a liability against the run. So I I just feel like this is a, a decent player to pick in the third round, a guy that can really add to your room. And like we went into this, right? You wanted to go into this
0: filling those biggest positions. We talked with Daniel right. Popper and he said, "Hey, is that the best way it could go?" tight end you know wide receiver edge rusher. you were saying yes we agree with that for the most yep. part yes there's obviously exceptions that should be made of certain guys of course these but you were able to find guys there and also feel like you're getting someone to at a good value at those picks without feeling like you're totally reaching for a need like you were able to do in this and no mock draft simulator is perfect right these guys right. a lot of them are going to go in the gray area in between the chargers picks right but For what you were going out to do, I mean, I think that's a a great way to put a bow on those three guys that you have, getting tight end, wide receiver, who is fast, and also a playmaking tight end that the Chargers haven't had in quite a while. But I also needed to find my tight end and want to add a body into that group, a group that needs some future plans there and obviously needs some current depth as well. And when I was looking, one of the guys that fell to me, I'm really not a big-time consensus guy as far as where this dude's going to go, and that's Tucker Kraft. And I think a lot of it is, Missing five games in 2022, the tight end from South Dakota State playing at a smaller school obviously hurts as well. But why you'd have a chance at somebody with this dude's measurables in the third round for a lot of those same reasons, right? Six foot four, 254 pounds, 10-inch hands, 32.75-inch arms, which is pretty average, I think, arm length, but giant, giant hands. This is what I mean as far as consensus. Dane Brugler from The Athletic has him as the 49th-ranked prospect PFF had him, I think, at like 109th. The Athletic Consensus Board had him at 80th. The Draft Network had him, or I think the Draft Network had him over 100. And then PFF had him a little lower than that. All over the place. (laughs) Yeah, so it's hard to say. Maybe he won't be available there. But I would really like him as a kind of guy who can contribute a little bit this year if you need him to. And a guy who can develop while Gerald Everett plays out the last year of his contract, right? Gives you some insurance for Donald Parham. Because another guy, David who carried that weight very, very well. I'd say Isaiah Foskey did as well. I mean, it didn't seem like he was hampered at all by his size. This dude weighs 250 pounds but moves like somebody who weighs a lot less. Finished with a 9.67 RAS score. Ran a sub-4, 740-yard dash time, which is pretty good. Really, really closely similar athletically to Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard. Those are the athletic comparisons. Obviously, that's where a lot of the comparisons end, right? It's still a third-round pick. But what I liked about him, a big body who I think showed a lot of flashes to have power at the point of attack, to be a very good blocker, even though last season they had another guy being the main blocking tight end. So inconsistent there. But a guy I would willing to definitely spend a third-round pick on to try to season, try to develop, maybe get kind of a steal in the third round.
1: Yeah, what I liked about Tucker Kraft was his ability in the open field. I mean, he was deceptively quick. And he always seemed to get yards after catch whenever he he was in those moves situations. pretty fluidly
0: for a guy that yeah. looks like you'd be a lot more kind of lanky and kind of you know uncoordinated. I think
1: I would say that he probably does need to work on the route running just a little bit. But I mean, sure. hey, if you're getting a guy in the third round, you're looking for a guy that can contribute, that has some some uh, you know has some traits that you can use, that you can right. mold, that you can kind of coach up and. Tucker Kraft definitely has that. He has the physical size that you're looking for. He has the pass-catching ability. Just some of the things about his game you can clean up, and then you can really turn this guy into a you know, a, into a big weapon.
0: I think so. I, I mean, I think he, he would at least be worth the dart throw. I know Tom Telesco is trying to, got, to get cute a lot of times in the third round and taking guys that right. are supposed to go in the fourth, fifth round, you know, the Josh Palmers and Trey McKitties and Trey Pipkins of the world. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes, like with Trey yeah. Pipkins after four <laughs> years. But it, I I like it a lot, you know, when I was trying to fill these needs to have him fall there to me in the third round and to give myself depth for this year because he doesn't look like he'd be totally out of place. I mean, he's definitely yeah. a raw prospect, especially around running things like that, because most of the time what they had him do was run up the seam and yeah. and and run vertical. And when he did that, he caught a lot of people by surprise. Right, at a, a lot lower of small level. school
1: competition going up against. So you know, obviously at a lower he was level. A, yeah, he's more of a big fish in the small pond. You sure. know, being one of the better athletes on the field whenever he was on the field. And the good thing
0: was is he looked like it, right? Like yeah. he he looked like a different size moving at kind of a different speed than the dudes he was playing against. Definitely. Those numbers check out and those are NFL level traits. So you know you kind of already have that. You have a great foundation. Can you develop him? Can you turn him into something else? Can you help him with that learning curve and the adjustment of going from, you know, basically an FCS program, right, to moving up into the NFL? Something that someone like Nazir Adderley had a problem with, right? Not as easy as it seems, but someone I'd absolutely be willing to take that bet on and hope that that could turn into something a little bit more special down the road, while also, David, filling those big three needs. Both of us find a way to feel like we get some good value and filling tight end you know, with someone that you feel like could be a playmaker or maybe gives you a little bit more balance, playmaking wide receiver, edge depth, and a future potential at edge. I like it. I like the way these drafts shaked out.
1: I mean, hey, sure. we're all we're all sitting here trying to improve the football team with the needs that we feel like are the most highest priority to address. And I feel like we were able to do that. We were able to get guys at important positions that are going to help your quarterback on offense and some insurance policy and some future planning on defense. So I think that's just part of the plan. And I think this is probably not too far off of what you will see when the chargers go out there and make their picks in this year's NFL draft. And we'll
0: see, you know, what this roster looks like when the draft comes. Because, I mean, I'm doing this right now, kind of feeling still like John Johnson could be an option, right? So I didn't put as much of an emphasis on someone at safety in this draft class when we're trying to fill it out right here. Maybe that changes things a little bit, right? Like at least makes other guys more of an option earlier on for you, you know, needing to take a higher pick to fill or at least get a potential someone who can compete with Ole Gilman to start at safety. Because they're probably not taking Brian Branch, even though that would be pretty awesome. But it would. <laughs> we'll see, because they could still make signings, and that's going to change how we feel about some of these position groups. All the position groups we talked about today need somebody. They need a body, and they need some specific skill sets and traits, and they also need to get younger and get cheaper at those positions as well. And we found a way to do it on the day show, but there's a lot of other guys that I'm excited to talk about as well, because we're just kind of at the tip of the iceberg as far as the draft coverage goes, and there's going to be a lot more going forward, especially as this news trickles out. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow, tomorrow as always, hopefully with some news, right? Draft news. Free agency news, hopefully. Go sign somebody, Tom to us or Give us something at least just a little bit, right? But we'll always have the best and we'll have the best stories for you tomorrow and more draft coverage and free agency coverage as it goes. But thank you guys for checking out the show today and making us your first listen. As always, we very much appreciate it. Make sure you never miss the show. Go go subscribe or follow on YouTube for free and you can also find us wherever you listen to your podcast we also you can also find the show every day on our social media you can find me on twitter at dan talk sports and david drugmeyer on twitter at dro talk SD. you can also find the show's page at lockdown lac and you can find us on our lockdown chargers facebook page and at lockdown chargers on instagram if you guys want to call and get your voicemail in for the next fan mail show we'll definitely be getting into one this week call into 323-524-7924 to get your 30 second question in We will also be having some draft experts coming on soon, so make sure you guys are following, subscribing, all those places, because we're going to have some more great guests like we had Daniel Popper last week. That went well. We have more good guests on the horizon, but make sure you guys are back here tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go bolts.